Welcome in emergency edition of the Holy Grail BCJ podcast. They could have just done this yesterday, David, but it been so much damn easier. Well, maybe it happened today because of our podcast yesterday. May, yeah, that's probably definitely it. They, they heard you upset yesterday and they were like, we better get a move on here. Uh, I mean, I really can't think of any other reason. But <laughs> All right, well. The, the news is official. John Brandon is no longer the head coach at the University of Cincinnati. He is uh, trying to set everything on fire on his way out the door. I'm sure we'll get to that. But more importantly, it's coaching search time. So uh, the hot board is fired up. I hit publish on the hot board four minutes ago. So it is now officially... On the site, it is officially hot board season, Dave. It is. Uh, I think first off, just, you know, since this broke at, what, roughly 3.30, you know, just, just kind of give your your first word, your first thoughts since you've had a chance to talk to various people. I mean, we all knew that this was an inevitability, but now that it is final, what is kind of your – I mean, and we've talked about it so much because we've had so much time. I don't think we really need to, like, dig in. <laughs> right dig into the past too much, but just kind of like your the stuff you've been able to gather now that it's over. I mean, I know you're not going to fan anybody or, you know, put anybody to the fire or whatnot, but like just final thoughts, kind of what, you know, it's unfortunate. It's, that's my exact thought too, but you know, go ahead. It's unfortunate because I, I, I think John is a good coach, but I think he handled things poorly. And I think some of the things he handled poorly kind of snowballed on him. And whatever you want to say, the, the, the kids are soft or the parents were too involved. Like, I, I don't – the funny thing is, like, inside the bubble, I, I like, I, I think Mike Saunders' parents were as supportive as ever. And, and I don't think, other than tweeting, like, I don't think Tari's mom was a problem. Like, I, she wasn't – calling the coaching staff and, and, and bitching about minutes and threatening, you know, like that's what, that's what helicopter parents do. They meddle. I think she just likes Twitter. So yeah. I, I get, I get from the outside, it looks bad, but from my knowledge of the inside, like I don't think that there were nearly as many uh, distractions that, that related back to the parents that, that people maybe thought, um, I, I was frustrated with with a lot of the way that the reporting was done on this. Not that I think it's anybody's fault, but I didn't like everything was an anonymous source. Nobody put their name on anything. And that kind of, that's how things are now. And that's why you didn't see me dive into it because I just, I have trouble putting my name on something that you won't put your name on, right? Like, I, am I, I alone in that? No, you're not. And I totally agree with that. Like if stuff is like, I, mean, I know we talked about this at one point, just privately, like if things are so bad that you feel the need to talk to a whoever about it, say that, it, put your name behind it. Like, like what is, what is, what's the problem with that? Like if, if what you're saying is true, then put your name behind it because if that's me, I don't care what the blowback is. Like, 
I'm telling you my feelings. I want you to know that this is coming from me. If you don't believe me, well, I mean, that's, you can't make people believe you, but like, I'm certainly going to stand, like, if you're, if I'm going to say something that's that, that this has this much conviction behind it, I want people to know who to attribute it to. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's how I feel about it. That's, that's how I've always felt about anonymous sources. I get it as something that, you know, I, like again, like I said, it, it, this is the way the media has gone. Nobody, nobody wants to put their name on anything anymore. It's you not know. like you're saying something about a job or an employee or employer that you're currently with, and you're not like you don't want them to know because it could jeopardize. Like these players didn't want to play for John anymore. They were either going to go somewhere else, or yeah. he was going to go somewhere else, and they were going to come back. So I guess my thing is kind of like who. Like who cares if they know if they know if people know who said what? It's not like you yeah. gotta go back and play for the guy again, right? I mean, the divorce was inevitable. So, and I think, you know, I, I think we understand the the reasoning behind a lot of this and the timeline and everything, but it's things are just such a microwave you know, got to do it now, got to do it now, that you think you're losing time the longer and longer it goes on. Uh, but I do think, you know, coming to a conclusion today is good. It had to be done by today. No, nobody should be celebrating. That's the thing, though. Like, this isn't good for anybody. Like, you're, no. just, you're removing a coach two years into his tenure. Like, that's not good no matter what the – like, whether you're team this, team that. You think – it was done wrong. You think it was done, take, took too long. I mean, none of it is good. Like there's really no winners at this point. Um, there can be winners moving forward. And that's what I think we want to spend most of our time on, but like, it's not a good day. Like I know that some no. people are like happy that he's gone or happy, you know, that they came. It's just, to me, it's just like, okay, now, now is the time you really have to, have to start doing the work to make sure that this isn't a, two to three year problem. And maybe you can keep it a one year problem. If you know, if even that. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, everybody lost. <laughs> it's kind of how I feel right now. Like it, the thing is like, it had to have them by today. If you were going to work on any reasonable timeline, this had to, had to, had to be done because a week from now is the middle of April. April 16th. If you're going to have any reasonable chance of, of having a coach come in here and hit the ground running, it needed to be done by today. So kudos to John Cunningham for, for getting the process worked out to where this was handled. I don't think it was handled in as, as you know, a, a rapid fashion by any stretch of the imagination. But if you went into the 16th, and John Branham was still the head coach. And then you're looking at the 23rd, you know, before you uh, get a coach in place, hypothetically. Now you're almost into May, and, and things just become so much more difficult with each passing day. Um, so kudos to the, the athletic department for getting it done because it needed to get done. That was the problem everybody had. 
You can't continue to allow the basketball program to twist in the wind. And now, at least it's not twisting. It doesn't have a direction yet, but it's well, no I longer circle. I think it does have a direction. I mean, the direction is we're moving, you know, we've. Well, but I'm saying you'll have a direction when you get a coach. Right. But at least you now have a finality to. Right. That's what I'm saying. You're, you're right. not spinning anymore. You stop spinning. You don't know what direction you're going in yet. But at least the swirl down the toilet bowl is stopped. The water right. is calmed. Yeah, I guess to kind of wrap up the, you know, what, what do you just think in your, you know, in everything that you've talked to and every, you know, is this just, because I, you know, this whole last year certainly can be attributed to part of this. I and mean, there's no way of getting around that with just everything that everybody's had to go through. Do you think things would be, do you think things would be different uh, without that, without COVID? Do you think this was just a bad match? You're on mute, by the way. Um, <laughs> do you think this Sorry. just was a bad match to begin with? Do you think, there was maybe a little part of this that, and I know we maybe have touched on it and I've heard other people touch on it, that while this isn't Kentucky or Duke, it's certainly not NKU and maybe coach didn't fully grasp to the best of his abilities, the gravity of the job, the gravity of replacing someone who had been very successful for a decade straight like i'm sure it's a little bit of everything but i mean clearly there was a lot going on to get to this point i mean covid definitely played a factor without question i mean it, it was the riff was mainly between the young guys who never got a college experience and you know that's that that makes it difficult and we've talked ad nauseum i think a, a huge problem was they didn't really have a veteran leader that was there to kind of guide them through, you know, everything that was going on. So, you know, it, it, it's hard because I, I don't overly think like anybody is uh, directly like point the finger, you know, this is it, because if this was clearly, you know, a situation where there was major fault, this wouldn't have drug, been dragging out for a month. It would have been pretty quick. Well, I think you can, I mean, I feel like you can pretty clearly point the finger at John just in the sense Yeah, and of, I've said that, but what I'm saying is- Right, but in the, in the sense of just COVID or, or not, it's a shitty hand to be dealt with. He didn't handle it well. He didn't play and, the hand well. And you're in charge of handling your program and your players with no matter what comes at you. Yeah, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. I've said that multiple, multiple times. It, end of the day, it's his job to make it work, and it didn't work. So was that enough to fire a guy after two years? I mean, that debate will rage on forever and ever. We don't know. We, have, we, weren't, we didn't get any details from UC on why he was fired. Yeah, I was going to They, gonna they didn't say he was too. fired. Like, do you – It's that they we, parted ways. Are we right? So it's kind of, I mean, 
I assume that based on his statement, which was clearly written by Tom Mars or a Tom Mars intern or something like that. Well, it, was, it had the red borders. It was clearly that's that's a Tom Mars thing. Oh, OK. Um, clearly, there's still some sort of financial battle that's going to go on. Oh, for sure. Because you, you like you said, UC did not say we are you know, relieving him of his duties for cause. They didn't say we are relieving him of his duties and plan to honor the obligations of the contract. Like they, you know, there's, a, there's some, still some, it was very vague as far as the reason goes. So I'm left to assume that it's kind of what I had said I would have done two weeks ago is cut your losses now, figure out the other stuff later. Stop messing with your program yeah i think you know looking back of course but i'm trying not to be hindsight is 2020 guy oh no i'm not i mean I'm, but we have to be fair we've said that's what they did today was what we said yeah. they should have done so that's why i'm trying to like from today like i'm we'll leave those try to leave those conversations in the past and let them live and I'm out sure there's the that, very valid reasons that for them or, you know, they would probably give us very valid reasons in their opinion for why they didn't do this two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, but they haven't said said anything, which they're no, no obligation to. Right. The, uh, the, the, the wording was interesting because I thought initially the wording would kind of lead you to believe that they settled. Like, you know, we, we've parted ways with John Brannon and the, the, the wording was kind of soft. But generally, if you're if you're if there's an agreement, you're dealing with non-disclosure agreements involved, and then shortly after everything happened, Tom Mars is on the attack on Twitter, and 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 John is releasing a statement that he did, basically saying, "I'm not going down without a fight." Um, that leads me to believe we have not reached the point of a settlement. <laughs> um. But I mean, you know, it, it's time to move forward. Like that's that's what this signals. The rest is for lawyers and UC's lawyers and John's lawyers to handle. Um, and it, it, it to me, it's now the past. To me, it's now looking forward to the coaching search, looking forward to who is next at Cincinnati and moving the program forward, even, you know, as difficult as the timing and, and everything may be rehashing this stuff over and over and over again right now. I don't think it's going to do anybody. No, no, but I think we just need to, yeah, we have to touch on it. Yeah. Tie a bow on it. And it's unfortunate. That's my, my overall takeaway. It's unfortunate that this couldn't work out. I do think John's a good coach. Everybody knows we have a long relationship dating back to college. Um, I hate that it ended like this, but it did. And now there's going to be a new head basketball coach. So, it's time to it's time to deal with that. <laughs> okay, let's let's deal with that. You just put, as you said, a hot board, which is we know is everyone's favorite uh, post, typically. Yeah, you start yeah, you started off with Archie Miller, who a lot of people around here are very familiar with since he's coached at Dayton. And Indiana, I don't want you to just go through the hot board, you know, 
word for word. Well, yeah, you can't give, give it away all free. Just give me, give me, you know, the biggest plus and, and maybe the biggest drawback to Archie. Biggest plus would be, I mean, he's done big things at a similar level. Let, let's, you know, you can argue A10, AAC, what the AAC has probably had a slight edge on the A10, but Archie won big in the A10. He made it to an Elite Eight. He's proven to be a pretty good coach at that level, a good coach at that level. Things didn't work at Indiana. Like, there's a million reasons why that's the case. Um, some, again, probably his fault. Some probably not beyond his control. Who's won at Indiana in 20 years? Kelvin Sampson? Tom Cream had so I, some I, success and they ran yeah, him out. That's a tough job. The pressure of that job is absurd. So maybe he didn't handle the pressure of Indiana well. I I still, and I, and I brought somebody brought up John Gross. That's Travis Steele's brother. I still have a little bit of issue with that's Sean Miller's brother. A little, a little. This fan base, as fractured as it is, when things get bumpy, how much are people going to be behind? Archie Miller, or how much is it quickly going to turn to, you know, Sean hated saying, UC. I, I'm like, just telling you, I'm telling you this fan base, like, Dave. What, we got a bunch of 14-year-old girls? I mean, I know we do because they're still butthurt about Bob and Mick and whatever else thing they want to complain about. Like, do you want to win basketball games or not? Who gives a crap? Like, I, I didn't say it would be a problem when there was winning, Dave. I said at the first sign of trouble, it would be a problem. I mean, I just – I don't have one second of time to for anybody that, that, that thinks that way. Like, okay. Then I'm really going to go, we've, we've lost three in a row. I can't believe we hired Sean Miller's brother. Like, th- listen to that. Oh, it's coming. Just listen it's to coming. that, though. Uh, listen to that and tell me that that just doesn't sound like the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard. Right. I'm not saying I disagree. I'm just saying it's coming. I've been dealing with this fan base for 15 years. Yeah. (laughs) I I know what's coming. It's coming if it's R.G. Miller. Um, I think the interesting thing is right now, and I talked about this with with Lance tonight on WLW, I think it's pretty pretty evident right now UC's got their eye on R.G. Does Archie have his eye on UC? I just, I mean, you know, I've been in, I have two, I guess, camps. I either want Archie Miller because I feel like he is the type of guy that can make, hopefully make the pain that we know is going to happen last for the shortest amount of time since he's been a head coach before. For several years, he has a he has a plan. He's not a first-time head coach breaking in his, you know, pulling open his big coach's binder that they bring to their interviews to tell you all the great things that they're going to do. Like, he has a plan. He's had success. He's had failures. You hope that he learns from the failures and adds those to the things that he has been successful with. Right. And I would think he would be able to put together a 
real staff. And I think that was one of the biggest criticisms people had with John was I don't think his staff was at the level that we needed it to be at. And as more things came out about this whole situation, personally, I feel that it's pretty obvious as to why. Yeah. Hard to find guys that want to work with you if they have other options, if you come across as a, a jerk face. I'll just, <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. So I look at Archie as someone who can hit the ground running, has connections recruiting, has built a program, has sustained a program, has, has done all those things, and has a list of people that he thinks he could get as his assistant coaches. My other pool would be the assistant coach from a high major that has been around how that type of operation works and has recruited those type of players, has developed those type of players, has been around a coach that's been successful. You know, I'm, I don't want any more Horizon League guys or A-Sun guys or whatever guys. Okay, well, that's interesting, though. That's interesting, though. So let, let's use Dennis Gates as an example. He would kind of be the middle of the both because he learned under Leonard Hamilton. Eight but, years as a, as, a, as a lead assistant for Leonard Hamilton. But has taken over his own program and had, had success. I mean, they made the tournament. That, um, that place was a dumpster fire when he took the job. It was. It was. You know, so he would kind of be in like the same boat as John when we hired him. Worked at Alabama. Did, under, I mean, did Alabama didn't have great success with Anthony not to the Grant, same, right? Not to the same success, but I mean, like, right. But you're you were talking like you wanted yeah, assistance want, like, somewhere big. Money Young that you have listed, I'm I was intrigued. I'm intrigued by, and there's a couple other guys that you didn't list that were names that we threw around. That you know, when we knew this was going to happen, it's just guys to to dig a little bit more into. Um, but those, that's kind of my feeling, and. Cause like, I, I, I just want, I, and that's why I kind of just go, fall back to Archie and basically because like, I want this to be as bad as possible for the shortest amount of time as possible. Right. And I think he's the guy that is mo most capable of, of doing that. I guess here's my thing with Archie. Wouldn't have Archie have more questions for UC than UC would have for Archie? hundred percent. He should. Yeah. I mean, I just, you know. I that think jumps any, out. At I me. think any coach should. Yeah, of course. But I mean, I mean, there know. might be some coaches that are more more willing to, you know, improve their lot in life. Sure, where the the answers to the questions maybe aren't as important. You know, if it's your first time gig and you're getting offered a job like this, the answers maybe aren't as important. But I'd still ask those questions. There's a lot yeah. of questions I would ask. <laughs> I mean. Um, you got a whole lot of things that you're probably going to need to be answered. If you're Archie Miller, you're going to make $10 million over the next three years. Either way, I'd have a lot of questions if you wanted to get me to come take this job. That's not to say I wouldn't take it. That's just to say when we sit down to talk, my list of questions is probably going to be longer than yours. I would guess that would be pretty accurate. So uh, I believe next you had Bryce Drew. Same thing for him. Yeah. What's your big positive? What's your hesitation? Guy's proven he can recruit. I mean, what he got to come to Vandy, holy cow. 
Now they that that season at Vandy was went off the rails. I mean, at the beginning of that season, they were on the verge of the top twenty-five. Then Darius Garland gets hurt, who is your five-star, surefire NBA prospect point guard. You don't have a point guard um, from that point going forward. Probably a, a, a mistake by the coach to not have a backup plan in place. Um, and you go winless in the SEC. You go winless in conference, you're, you're going to get fired. And that's honestly, that's probably why he wasn't a huge name on the hot board two years ago. Because I know there were a bunch of people at UC that really liked Bryce Drew, but were real worried about the stigma of, of hiring a guy that had just gone 0 and 18 in conference play, right? Yeah. I would have been now thinking. he's, yeah, now he's gone to Grand Canyon. Proved again at Grand Canyon, he could win. 17 and 7, made the tournament. Um, kind of picked back off where we where he was from Balpo. So I, I guess, you know, the, the question would be: do we do you think he can coach at this level? I, I think he can, and I think he can get the dudes to compete in this league. And I think he gets does he get, in your opinion, does he get a little extra juice because of his brother right now, at least? I mean, I don't know. I'm so, I'm so like, that's like all the people, all the guys that have been hired that coached for Nick Saban. Maybe Nick Saban is just a really good coach. I mean, I don't know. Like, do you really hire, you really want to hire him because his brother won a title? I'm just saying in recruiting circles, that name isn't going to hurt you right now. No, no, I'm not saying it's like a negative, but I'm not putting it in like, when I'm making my pluses and minus sheet, I'm not going Scott Drew's brother plus column. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just totally off on this. And I know everybody has like uh, just a person you just, he just doesn't do anything for me. And I don't even maybe know why I just not, not into him. Yeah. Like I know guys got hurt. You went. Uh, you mean you lost every damn game for two and a half straight months? I mean, it, they clearly weren't as good. But what happened to UC when they lost Kenya? You're dealing with a, a, an all-American level. They wouldn't have lost twenty straight games. That's fair. <laughs> but That's like fair. I said, I mean, I could be way off. He's just like a guy that I'm just like, eh. Whatever. I'd rather have somebody else. I mean, we all have one of the – every fan's got someone where the, they probably can't come up with a real reason. Why? Right. But they don't – He's yeah. my guy. I'd rather have other guys. I, I don't I don't disagree with you there. I I, I, I mean, if you I'm were asking me, torn. would I rather have Archie or Reister, I'd rather have Archie. I'm kind of torn on that one. I, I think I'd rather have Bryce Drew. He's a little bit more modern offensively, but still as teams play with some toughness. He recruits well. I, I He's not as uh, gristly yeah. <laughs> as Archie. So I think he'd be a little bit, you know, the, this is these are selfish things for me Ar- at times, Archie, right? Archie's, Archie's definitely not, you know, like uh, walks into the room and everybody gravitates over to hear him hold court. We'll just right. you know, put it like that. Um, 
I, I think they're close. I, I think I would slightly prefer Bryce Drew over Archie, but it it, it doesn't sound like, you know, I mean, my I, thought is leading the pack on that Honestly, one. though, like, if you did, I mean, two years ago, if, I mean, or well, not two years ago, but like if, a month ago, if you could tell me with everything that was going on, if we could have either of them, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's, we're up to Right. <laughs> Um, so I, I like both of those guys. So we kind of already touched on Dennis Gates a little bit. Um, yeah. Matt McMahon. I mean, are you running down the whole, my whole premium hot board yeah. now on this podcast? Who, who else would you, uh, who else do you think deserves a minute of our time? I think Darren deserves a minute of our time because he's polarizing. He's very polarizing. Very polarizing. Um, I, look, he knows the place. He know I don't, I don't. So I was a little while back. I was talking to a guy who uh, who spent some time at Cincinnati, mid two thousands, early mid two thousands, um, and and had left and it, it worked a, a bunch of other high profile programs. One of them you might know well. And talked about how difficult the, the, the landscape is at Cincinnati compared to other places. The hurdles you have to jump, the, 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 you got to know this and you got to deal with this person. You got to get along with this. You got to do that. There's, there's, there's as many layers of things you have to deal with in place at Cincinnati as there is anywhere. And this guy said, it's probably the most difficult in, deal, in terms of dealing with the landscape, probably the most difficult place I was at. 20, 25 years in coaching. So I, I think having a guy that's familiar with that can be a benefit. That's, I think that's, if you're, if you're building pros and cons on Darren familiarity, he knows the league, he knows the program. He knows the type of players that it takes to win at Cincinnati. I think he has he's for an AD that's focused on compliance. He never had an issue with compliance. He has a lot of personality traits that John Cunningham would like. Yes. Um, the, the, I'll, the question, I'll ask you the ne- the negative. He coached for Mick forever, and they won a ton of games. Why is he not already a head coach? Darren's been really weird, but he still to this day doesn't have an agent. Like in order for you to, people don't really grasp like how a lot of that stuff works. In order you for you to to jump into a head coaching job, more often than not, you have to have an agent out there lobbying for you and, yeah, and working of- back channels. And he, he just he, he doesn't have an agent. He still doesn't have an agent to this day. He might be he his biggest fault might be in a world of egomaniacs. He's not a self promoter. Here's an interesting comparison I I thought of because I saw a lot of like, you know, he didn't go on interviews. He not hasn't been a head coach. Darren reminds me a lot of Coach Fickle. It's an interesting. I'm sure people wanted him to interview, but I feel like he was very happy doing what he was doing with Mick, unless an opportunity that he really really wanted presented itself and then maybe now he's gotten to the point like coach fickle said that he got to the point of if i'm going to be a head coach 
I'm going to do it now or I'm not going to do it. They just seem to have very similar personalities and very similar views on climbing the coaching ladder that is very different from most coaches. Like, like you said, he didn't have, fair. he doesn't have an agent. He's not a self-promoter. He doesn't have somebody emailing or calling an AD every single time a, a coaching opening coach, you know, coach position open saying, my guy's interested. My guy's interested. Like, I don't think he was not getting interviews because people didn't want to interview him. I don't think he was getting interviews because he really just didn't want to pursue it. And maybe now he does. So if we're going to be critical of that, then, you know, I don't think people were super critical of Luke when he came out and said, like, I just didn't want to be a head coach. And then I decided I want to be a head coach. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's an interesting comparison. I hadn't really thought of it in those terms. Luke was comfortable working at Ohio State. I know Darren's very comfortable working for Mick. That's what, I mean, that's what made me think of him. Is yeah. like, and their personalities are very similar, too, just in the way that they're... Luke's a lot more outgoing. Right, but I mean, like, but they're not the typical coach. They're not, Yeah. you know, they don't... They're not the self-promoters. They're not the... They're very content being, at the time, being the, the second guy, working for a guy that... and. And Darren obviously enjoyed working for Mick because I'm sure he had opportunities to go coach for other people. Yeah. Not necessarily even as a head coach, but like, you know, so it was, you know, interesting, interesting, you know. No, definitely. The cons would be first time head coach. Right. And is that what we want right now with what we know they're going to have to deal with? I I think that's something that, that is important to all this is, experience is going to be a factor because you're, you're not exactly walking into a uh, warm and fuzzy situation. You got your hands full from day one, not a great time probably to be learning on the job. No, especially at a place like this where they expect you to win for Dennis Gates to learn on the job at Cleveland state. They've never, I mean, have they ever been good? Cleveland state. Yeah. Yeah, they've been good before. Well, I mean, to, they've to had good level, teams. though, right? But I mean, well, you know to their I mean. level, I mean, they. But you know what I mean? Teams. Like, if he yeah. if he wouldn't have been, if he's not successful there, it's not, you know, it's not a massive story or whatever. Like, he can learn on the job there. Yeah, as a first time head coach, that's that's a rough go here. It is. It's difficult. It's very difficult, and and I think that holds for Savino. That holds for probably who you would say next in Eric Martin. Oh yeah, and that as I said, holds even more. I think to him because I think Savino's had way, way, way more responsibility as an assistant coach than Eric Martin has. Yeah, I mean, Eric Martin has been with Hugs for fifteen years, and he's 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 just an assistant. He's not the associate head coach. <laughs> like I said in the article, I like. I get he's kind of in a bad spot there because Larry Harrison has been with Hugs forever. I, I had this epiphany while I was uh, was going through this process, Dave. Why wouldn't Larry Harrison be a name that popped up? He was an assistant here for eight years. Right? Yeah. 
I'm just saying if we're if we're throwing, we got to have somebody that has ties. We got we got to have somebody. Does that does that mean you had to play here? You, coaching here for eight years isn't enough. I don't know. I mean, I've I've this could be the furthest thing from the truth. I've always heard Larry doesn't exactly do a whole lot. Okay, I'm, but he's been the associate head coach for since 2010 for hugs. Yeah, I think and that's I, and hugs helping out his boy. But Eric has never risen honest. to that associate head coach chair. And, and can you hire somebody not only that hasn't been a head coach, but hasn't even been a number two? Well, I get nervous. That has to be a concern, right? right. Well, yeah, because I get nervous when you've been as successful as Hugs has been. And you no don't one, get a job. And no one's tried to take you even as like another assistant coach. Yeah. And, the, you know. We don't know. I mean, we don't know. Maybe he's turned them down. Maybe, we don't know, but, know. I mean, wouldn't you think he, I mean, I don't know. I guess maybe he's content just like Darren's been content. I don't want to be a hypocrite. Um, but, like, I've, Darren's been an associate head coach for a while. I mean, you either have aspirations or you don't. Like, I don't, I don't know why Eric would just want to stay in that same position for hugs for that long. Right. And then think that someone's yeah. going to bring me on as a, as a first time head coach at a program like UC. Like, wouldn't, wouldn't you think there would have been an opportunity if, if, if he wanted upward mobility to go be an associate head coach with Frank to go be an associate head coach with AK. Yep. And, and get that, check that box off your resume to, to try to move up. I mean, I just don't know that I buy the whole like, you know. Now, now I'm ready to be a head coach because Cincinnati's open. Right. Because what's I mean, there's nothing. Nothing's different about his profile from two years ago. Yeah. So I don't know why he would be any more hireable now than he was then. So, I mean, that's kind of where we're at. I know there's people will throw other names out. I just think that, you know, this does seem like it's moving pretty quickly. And I'm hopeful because I think that there is an opportunity, you know, I don't know a hundred percent, but I do think there would be an opportunity if whoever takes over uh, is brought in maybe within the next 48 to 72 hours to try to, you know, convince the guys that are in the portal to come back which i know there's some that are like they they put their names in you know i don't want them back i'm i'm not one of those people i mean if you if you don't want to play for a certain coach anymore you don't want to work for a certain person anymore and then that person is removed from the situation but you still love everything else about the program or the company well, you know why would you not want to come back or why, why would you not welcome them back? I mean, we need to fill like six, seven, eight spots. If three guys want to come back, we should be like, hell yeah, come on back. You've been here. You know, you know, the other guys that are still on the team, you're going to make the new coach's job. Like, why would we want something that makes the new coach's job harder? Getting to look, you need what? 10, 11 guys. You generally play nine. To have like an actual practice. Yeah. It would, yeah, 11, it would 11, benefit 12. you to have like 10 or 11. Yeah. Uh, that's, you know, that's low end, but uh, 10 or 11 guys, they got four. If you could get 
two back, that gives you six. You're in a lot better place with six than you are with four. And maybe three, because we, we don't know what the deal with Victor Lockin is. <laughs> Nobody's heard from Victor Lockin. We're just assuming. Is, is, he, is, no he matter, even a, is he even a person? Yes, I've seen him with my own eyes. Okay, I have not. <laughs> We're just assuming we know what Victor Lockin's. I, can you imagine what that kid's thinking? I mean, I... <laughs> so, I, yeah I, I, that's his first year in america is yeah 2020 and now this yeah oh boy glowing, in, glowing endorsement of the good old <laughs> us of a that kid's like i'm going back to russia where it's cool <laughs> um but yeah I, mean, I don't know why we wouldn't want to make the new coach's job as easy as possible, knowing that it's still going to be hard. Yeah. I'm before we end this thing. Should I, should I ask you the question? Cause I know you're going to go off when I do. What's the question about Tom Mars's tweet. He's a bitch. Like, Grow that's David up. Simone S I M O N T. Grow up, man. Grow that. Like, what did you? What does he think that's going to accomplish at this stage in the game? How did they think putting that that out there was going to make them look good? Right. To I the mean, fan that's base? what I'm saying. Like, what did you think? Like, oh, this will get people to come onto our side because Luke sent out, sent him a text saying that what they're doing to you is BS which I don't necessarily disagree with. Like, right. from a coach to a coach, I, if I'm a coach, I, if I'm Luke and I look at how it's going, I'm like, is this how I'm going to be, shit's going to be handled with me if, right. if things go sideways for me? So, yeah, I can totally get where he would be like, but we also don't know the context. Was this just like a cursory text that he sent because he's like, I just want this guy to leave me alone, so I'm going to text him this? And then well, maybe you don't text me anymore. Like, what is the context behind the whole thing? Was it a 20-minute back and forth dialogue where they were spilling all of their secrets about John about John Clinton? Like, it's such a bullshit thing to do. It makes I mean Mars is a is a whatever anyway, but like for John Brandon to be like, oh yeah, here you go. Go ahead and put this out there. Like, as if I needed to have any less respect for the guy. I had somebody, I guess there's ways you can um decode what's underneath the markers yeah did you see that no okay well it looked like what was underneath there was brannon questioning luke if he could help him out with logan duncan logan duncan because landon uh, landon knows him and went in and and was at molar yeah how long it's been since uc was actively recruiting logan duncan when did he commit to didn't he commit to indiana yeah, long like last summer. So that was like the last text was Luke being like, "Yeah, I'll talk to Landon and see if he can find yeah. out like what he's thinking about UC." And then the very the next, next text was from was, Luke. Yeah. So they hadn't talked saying that this is bullshit in that long, right? Yeah. So it's not like they're you know going over to each other's houses. Uh. <laughs> Every weekend and, right. and sharing beers. I thought that was interesting. He committed in 
a uh, a year ago, April seventh, twenty twenty. So they wouldn't have exchanged a single text message in a year. And you're going to try to play that off as how close John and Luke are. When it, when it in reality was probably just Luke, like showing some support to, you know, somebody that's a also like that head coaches are a fraternity, man. Well, you can't look at it and not if you're a coach and think that this is like that the way it was going down was cool. Like, Oh yeah. I'm, I'd be fine with that. If that was me. Right. Like, so but that's what I mean. Like, what's the context? What was, you know, it's, it's, that's why I just think it's such trash to just throw that out there and think that that's going to be the thing like drums up support and people are going to say, well, you see, see, it's all John Cunningham. You know, Luke Fickle said that it was BS. So, you know, it's all his <laughs> fault. Like, come on. And that's yeah. just like child. There's so chicken shit childish stuff that just, I just have no time for that crap. Like you're a multi, multi, multi million dollar lawyer and you're, and you're resorting to that level is just, it's beyond my you know comprehension. Yeah. It was bullshit. And using sleazebag Pat 40 as your mouthpiece too. <laughs> and, and your other guy locally that apparently is the only person you send stuff to because he's the only one that will shill for your ass. Oh, no, he's not the only one he sends stuff to. You want to see my no, no, DMs? No no, 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 the only one he sends stuff to, the only one that posts it for everybody to see. Yeah. Because I'd, I'd love to show people my DMs over the past like week. That whole like thing about the whole, you know, John was to report to such and such, blah, blah, blah. It only got posted by one person, and I'm sure he sent it to everybody. But only one guy actually put it out there for public consumption yeah but you're you know you can't see your tweets anyway so we don't have to worry about him right correct (laughs) (laughs) all right i think that are are you good you got anything else uh i mean we know that john cunningham doesn't you know put information out there do you have you know in talking to the other side of things have you gotten any sense of a timeline i know we want they want they some somebody's told somebody they want to move quickly but i mean are we talking like this weekend i, I know cunningham has told the the either on players on the roster or players in the portal or some combination that it's going to go quickly so they believe it's going to go quickly so will that it must mean, that must mean that there's somebody you know You'd yeah, have to Archie. Think there's somebody in the works. There, I think that know. I think there's somebody. I think it's what we talked about. I think there's somebody in their sights. I think the guy in their sights is Archie Miller. John I think Cunningham, Archie Miller. I feel like is going, very capable to talk to who he needs to talk to while also cleaning up the end of this. Yeah. So quickly, how how quickly is quickly? I would like it to be at least a week because I would like there to at least be some semblance of a search to make sure you're getting the right guy. Maybe that already took place. There haven't been on interviews. It like that, that hasn't happened. Right. I'm saying I'd like a couple days leeway here to, to I'm sure he's, really he's spent a lot of time to happen because your wife and kid are out of town. You don't want to have to work the whole time they're gone. 
No, I want it to stretch out as long as possible because it's good for business. <laughs> Come on, yeah. Dave. We need we need hotboard version 2.0, 3.0, 4.0. Indiana, Indiana got the 7.0. And they still probably never had Mike Woodson's name on their hotboard. No, they they had him, they had him pretty close to the top the whole time. Really? The whole time. Yeah. Wow. I, he I, was, sure, he, I sure wouldn't have. I mean that that caught me about as off guard as you as you could. That's because you weren't at peaks.com, Dave. That's uh, that's why that that's why sites like this get, get the what big does that box. Even, what does that even mean? It's the owner of the site, Mike Pegram. Oh, okay. So when he started it forever and ever and ever oh, ago. Yeah, it's been around forever. I just never knew he named what the it heck Peaks. That meant. Yeah, it's it's for the guy that owns it, Mike Pegram. So um, but that's 7.0, seven hot boards. Man, jealous. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> But all right, I mean, I think I think you know, I, I think that the target right now is Archie. I think they're gonna shoot that shot. We'll see. I, I, I know I know Archie has interest. I've heard Archie has questions. So but that, we'll see like where it goes said, from I, there. I, that's totally understandable to me. Completely understandable. I'm not holding that against him at all. That is exactly how it should be. I would have questions too after watching this from afar for a month. I have questions, but that the, the interesting thing with Archie, Archie doesn't have a lawyer or an agent. I mean, so getting info from the agent world is a little bit difficult on old Arch, and uh, getting info from Cunningham is a little bit difficult. So, trying to work my way around it. I, I do know there is interest. I do know there will be questions. So, that's what I got for now. You good? I'm great. All right, I'm going to sit out by the fire with my dad and drink some beers. Sounds it's Friday night. That's been my plan the whole time. My dad's back there now starting the fire, or he's got the fire started. I hope so, because it's getting dark and he's old. Um, <laughs> just turned 64 yesterday. Happy birthday, Dad. That's right. Happy um, birthday. So I'm going to get out of here. We will uh, we'll reconvene as necessary, I guess. I'm home alone tomorrow night. Maybe I'll do a Zoom tomorrow night for the fans. Content, 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 right? Can't ever have too much content. He's Dave Simone. I'm Chad Brendel. It's the Holy Grail BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com.